never goddamn seen in your life before. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know how you're going to animate that. Like. No, we're we're not going to animate. We're just going to like do a world building, which we just imagine the world that well, the like, characters like, are in. Like drawing prompts and stuff. Like you're only drawing then. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. just uh, designing the environment and the uh, all the environment stuff, social, it's environmental. Like, uh, shut up. It's almost like this is a homework that was handmade literally for me for no cap, no cap, for you, for you, for you, for you. Okay. So, fractal cities are supposed to be hierarchical, irregular, and self-similar. Uh, but... Yeah, and uh, actual organic examples of cities or settlements uh, aren't are like really really difficult to find. But they one of them actually exists in Turkey, and one of the oldest ones is in Turkey. It's the uh, oldest uh, oldest settlement in the world. The the uh, what is it called? Çatalhöyük. If you look at the oldest settlement in the world, you I think you'll see it. Let me let me check. Yeah, yeah, it comes up. Not only is it the oldest settlement, but it has the oldest map. And you see the formation of the houses there. Um, and they're like literally stacked on top of each other and they change their um, form on the ground according to the topography that is in place. You can probably read an article about this, uh, but like you, you should refer to the difference between 100% um, adapting to the form of the environment that you're going to inhabit, whereas 100% just planned carving and like domination of the um, environment that you're going to inhabit. Uh, the latter is Euclidean geometry. So that um, you can show kind of like your thought process. You can... Uh, kind of decide between an extreme planned city and an extremely adaptive city and find common ground between them because it's kind of like the reflection of complete human or complete nature. Hmm. And like future is probably going to be able to balance those two and the yeah. future is probably... So you decide that somehow. But how those two contradict each other and then talk about how those two things will kind of look like in terms of setting an environment and architecture and then try to find a morphing of them yourself. It doesn't have to be completely rational, but they do look quite different. They have, one of them has literally like extremely straight lines and actual perfect geometry. And the other one doesn't even look like a settlement. It's just completely morphed into the background. It's really weird. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could find something interesting in here. Oh, you should look under vernacular architecture. That literally just means like um, 
local architecture that is like adapted to local environment and conditions. Hmm. Uh, Did I have to practice talking for for the podcast? You have to practice talking. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. I know, I fucking know. But you need to do the transitions to see the geomet- ge- geometrical stuff, I think. Also, yeah, another question is like, because right now I think uh, humans just, human in general is just so out of the entire ecosystem right now. Is there ever a way for? us as a species to go back and reintegrate into the ecology. To reinterpret into the ecology? What? To, to integrate again to like uh, the, oh. the ecology. So they're asking whether we can reintegrate like 100%? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Theoretically, of mm. course. And also how that will look with like a presumably like high technology environment because right now uh, when I think about integrating back into ecology it's all just a primitive you know gather hunting like these these kinds of activities where we're going to do mm. like is there a way for the technology to actually be a part of the environment I mean, technology, as we know it, is marketed to us in in a specific aesthetic and it's made to look really cold and like completely different from nature. It's like super, super slick and shiny and like just not what nature is, completely opposite. It could look like nature as well. We just don't make it like that you know Mm. yeah um i think the external look is like where you should start because that's what most people register like that's the most shallowest layer of like your interaction with technology what people see at first i think and also like seeing an external stuff is is like super mm, super important especially in like western canon i think it's not i think i i researched a lot about this as well i did my um literature analysis on uh, actually how we see stuff kind of and western people put a lot of emphasis on the eyes. Like they put emphasis on seeing as like a sense much more than any other sense for some reason. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why they have lost connection from nature. 
because they look at stuff externally. And that's also why they um, kind of favorize science over everything else, because it's so objective and indifferent and completely removed. Like, it's not with it, it's looking at it, you know? It's not together. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, in Eastern tradition and in Islamic traditions, they also have their downsides because they're mostly religion-fueled, which causes problems in their own right. But, like, they are more... um, in touch with other senses. They don't externally look at stuff. They try to interpret it through different senses and they're more like connected. So the Eastern culture kind of feel what's going on rather than see what's happening. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there could be like some sort of weird connection with that to capitalism and uh, Exactly, that's yeah. what I'm talking That's called, um, like, phenomenal, phenomenology, phenom- uh, how do you even pronounce it? Phenomenology, phenomenology, that. phenomenology. <laughs> the philosophy of experiencing stuff. Hmm. And um, I have a book on architecture ph- phenomenology, and it talks about the emphasis on the sense of sight in Western Mm -hmm. culture. And that basically shapes everything, even especially capitalism, like just external, always external. Yeah. 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 So you could interpret it in like a bunch of ways, but the eyes are like a great way to start. Reintegration kind of requires from humans to not be so externally looking, rather experiencing everything through, from the from all of their senses, with, with all of their senses, and like kind of morphing into what nature has to offer in in like all forms of experience, not externally experiencing, rather being part of it. You should probably look into indigenous practices, like putting together all forms of wisdom from a bunch of different cultures has become so difficult because of globalization and internalization. Inter- 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 in- international, no. Internationalization. Inter- <laughs> okay. I I did citation on this on a whim in German the other day, and I didn't pronounce it in English in my life. Internationalization, like globalization, with uh, just makes everybody forget their identity and everything becomes Western culture, basically Anglosphere and whatever. And hmm. different way in nature in different local environments is just going away. Indigenous knowledge is a particular type and discipline in TOK, but it doesn't exist in TOK anymore. At least That's the new syllabus. Who, who, who decided that? Ivy literally became corrupted. Yeah. 
What happened to them? I don't know. Anyways, I looked into ethno-mathematics, yeah. and there's literally, like, I told you about it, there's fractal cities in Africa before Westerners even figured out there was such a thing as fractals. Like, imagine how crazy that is, how yeah, incredibly that's crazy. beautiful. It's amazing. Like... Yeah, because uh, also what you said before, like uh, how Western cultures see stuff more, like uh, I feel like that's also kind of uh, influencing the Eastern culture like a lot. Because like for, for China, for like those uh, major countries in Asia, uh, a lot of things are already becoming like capitalism, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the globalization part, yeah. yeah. And like focusing on only one sense is obviously counterproductive. Like people who were engaged with their environment in much more humble ways and humble means than what European people had were able to discover something just because they engaged more with it, even if it's a necessity for them. I think this is also what is causing the green design. It's like designs that are basically maybe a short-term solution. If not, it's a greenwashed version of an existing one. It's like, oh, maybe we used uh, biodegradable plastic or uh, we, we put the color green on this. So we, we slapped a label on that. And whenever we see that in store, we think, oh, like, the world is improving, we're trying to make a change, but uh, in reality, they're all like at most short-term solutions to uh, this issue. Yeah. I'm trying to do a podcast. I can't imagine. I can't oh my speak. God. <laughs> it was like you read it off of a paper. You have to like talk to yourself in the mirror, bro. That I already or like do. we need to talk every day so that you kind of like get into the I already, the I already do, holy shit. <laughs> I monologue my to myself about uh, design principles every single day. Oh that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Use some fancy words or something, I don't know. Also, German is actually amazing. For some reason, it suits my thinking much better than English these days. Because it has like, I'm not even kidding, there's like 20 words for the exact same concept, which is connected. You can say, in Wechselbeziehung, Wechselbeziehung stehend, zusammenhängend, verschmerzt, verflochten, Zusammenverbunden, verbunden, you could say, you could say a bunch of things. I'm still learning new ways to say connected. That's crazy, isn't that? That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Also, it's yeah. just such a flexible language. Yeah. 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 I think it's very, um, since I read philosophy, it, it's very good at putting together different concepts into new concepts by means of making new words. 
the idea of using words to kind of house ideas is crazy. I never thought about it before until I read, read this book, which was on disciplining yourself. And there was like an entire chapter that taught you how to rethink words and their meaning so that you could retrain your mind by actually increasing the meanings of the words that you know. That sounds incredibly vague, and I don't know how to explain it properly right now, but it was super, it was like the most enlightening thing ever. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's great. No, it's like, I don't know, like, I can't even give an example right now. What's, oh, oh, oh for example, for example. Mm-hmm. A courageous person, for example. Yeah. What's the image that like forms in your head, for example? It's like someone that is probably a man and he looks quite self-assured and he looks kind of like a hero. Like certain words and certain phrases mm-hmm have been given their meaning through like the general public and they shift your idea of certain meanings and phrases and you begin using them a lot constantly and you kind of make the meanings of so many words much more shallower and it just all becomes a shallow little disgusting Also, like, yeah, German. There, there's a word for armpit feathers in German. Can you imagine That's that? There you go. Yeah. The dexterity of a language. Indeed. You should listen to Noam Chomsky's talks so that you become as co- convincing as him. You know, I, I did. But he speaks kind of uh, he he speaks really soft, if I remember. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah. He spits facts softly. He's <laughs> <laughs> like his own kind of thing. And also, like uh, all the talks I I can find are also super old, so the audio quality is shit. And no. Yeah, I, like... I can barely hear him. Like I I have to actually I... watch.
Did you watch Slavo Cizak? He's weird. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like I did, but like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. I don't really. Never. <laughs> I watched someone I like I watched someone talking about him like uh, they're just watching an interview with him in it and uh, the person literally have to translate reinterpret each sentence he says. Otherwise, yeah, I have I mean, no idea no, what's going on. Can you please no, I'm trying fucking to put on the video? On I am. Literally being edited. Yeah, I am. Did you? Yeah, no. Retired professor at the Master's Center of Technology. Dude, he speaks so soft. I know. Where I've been for 65 years. Uh, I think I can do no better about uh, answering the question of what it means to be truly educated than to go back to some of the classic views on the subject. For example, the views expressed by the, the audio founder contained in this clip is protected modern. under the copyright laws. Yeah. Would you say? I feel, I feel my ego boosted every time I read this transcript. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Holy shit, wait. Study of soil cyanobacteria along rural urban gradient. Holy shit, this study have amazing visuals. Ecosystem structure and function along urban rural gradient. Wait, this is the study that was like examining the uh, urban rural gradient and what it could be used for. And they mentioned like uh, soil hydro Phobicity, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? What, what, what is it talking about? The, the soils are hydrophobic. And that's going oh, to... Oh, okay, yeah. okay, I remember. Yeah, and that's going to like affect like decomposition, um, atmosphere, you... gas fluxes, and a lot of stuff. Bio, did you re chemical. research up on that or like, yeah, what is yeah. it? I did, kind of, yeah, maybe, I don't know, I haven't finished reading all the papers I downloaded yet. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet, but I just read the abstract, it's talking about like heat, uh, heat island effect, so the urban areas are hotter than the uh, rural areas. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't that like common knowledge? Yeah. <laughs> but the ways that it heats up in all of the different ways, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I just searched it up and it says, like, uh, because city. Uh, glass reflecting light and stuff, but I feel like. But it's also really dense, and there's like no way for it to cool down in any way. Yeah. Also, like, if the soils are hydrophobic, you're you're you you have a dead ground. 
Yeah. Is hydrophobic literally just desert or like is that what they mean? <laughs> the, I think like uh, it could mean that the soil is sandy, so it's more sand than dirt, than mud, I think. Yeah, so basically desert. Yeah, but also it could be that there is like uh, mineral deposits because constructions and uh, you're moving the dirt around and they're, they're in places they're not supposed to be. Mm. Oh yeah, they, they talked about like a, a mosaic of soil pattern in urban environment. It's like you're doing construction in one place, you, you dug all those dirt up where you're going to put the dirt, you're, you're just going to move it somewhere else. So you're having like different dirt in different places and that's going to somehow influence the biochemical activities that's going on and you're going to have different compositions of dirt in different places and there's going to be mineral deposits, there's weird stuff going on everywhere. And what, what, how do they fix that? I mean, can, can you really fix that? Identify each kind of dirt and put that back into place. Literally can. I'm sure you could. I'm sure they're just too lazy. Yeah, because we live under a capitalist society or something. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to everything. Also, they use like foci for focus. Foci. Yeah. It's very cool. Like, yeah. Like, what? But it's cool, so... Oh, okay, so you, so you use foci for scientific stuff. You also, like, can, can you create, a, like, an invasive species that's... I guess you can feel like have a small community of species that's only in this area because they can't move much and then you Dug this place up, put it somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's like a small scale. I'm pretty sure it happened before. Yeah. You Do you know about the... Um, what are those bugs that can, like, jump? Grasshoppers? Yeah. Okay. The flying grasshoppers... Um, somewhere in the Middle East, they go like crazy, absolutely crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they eat all of the crops, mm. and it's because it's the humans or something, I think. Yeah, that Those makes are sense. Anyways, I need to sleep, because I'm going to wake up early, and then do two hours of physics, so... Okay. I recorded the entire conversation, I'm going to post it on the podcast. What? <laughs> okay, it's fine. You yeah. can do that. How I did it. Okay. Okay, like and subscribe, guys. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to the podcast, I link my Patreon in the description. Uh, you're going to post bi-weekly, I mean, stay tuned, guys. I want 5% of that Patreon. Yeah. I'm literally fueling. <laughs>
Peace okay. podcast. All right. Okay, goodbye. Anyway, look out for the newsletter, which is going to come in sometime. Should I get a plastic surgery? I was considering it. I mean, just like three degrees of nose tilt changes my entire persona, but it just doesn't make things authentic. (laughs) (laughs) But like, imagine, just like, just... No, I feel like if I were to do a plastic surgery, I would just change my entire face completely. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, just simply become another person if you're going to do one. That is racist. That makes sense. Okay, bye. Okay. See you guys next time. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.